Yo, what up guys? Welcome to Faded Town, the number one Pokemon podcast in the world. These are facts. Look that shit up in a library. Pokestats, that shit. Whatever you gotta do, Google it. Those are the facts. We're the number one Pokemon podcast in the world. Um, as always, dude, we got the best guests ever. Um, he's uh, He won his first regional this weekend, guys. Um, he fucking... This year he's been killing it. He killed it last year at, at uh, NAIC with fucking some outlandish deck. Um, him and his crew now, who've been taking over pretty much, um, Cutter Tap. Um, they went on record. Or I think Finnegan, our last guest, Finnegan, he went he went on online like, let it be known, this is the crew now. Um, but we got Hunter Butler with us, dude. The fucking How's it going, man? Man, the myth, the legend right here. How's it going? I'm doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> Not bad, man. Uh, how's your day going? Uh, today I just had class, so I just had uh, humanities and I had math today. And then I ate some lunch and I've just been chilling at home. Uh, me and Finn had a nice... We usually have a conference call, uh, a team one, when a new set comes out, we start... Uh, giving jobs to each player as to which deck to work on. And so me and Finn had kind of our pre-call where we just talked about what we thought was good, where we were going to start, and then probably have that big phone call sometime this weekend or Monday. Start grinding into the stuff. That's actually dope. Like, he didn't jump into exactly how you guys get down, but... Because, like, you guys are... A lot of of you guys are all over, right? He's in Cali... Yeah, so the Carter. so there's only there's only two of us East Coast, and that's uh, me and Mike Morton. And okay. Mike Morton's only a short three hours from me. I actually go and see him. I do uh, League Cups, League Challenges in Georgia, which are actually closer for me than doing any of the Orlando, Florida mm-hmm. stuff. So I actually do a lot of stuff in Georgia. And then the rest of the guys are all in Cali. So yeah, you know, we do a lot of we do a lot of phone calls, a lot of skyping, a lot of obviously as anybody else, a lot of PTCGO, um, but to try and keep our testing, you know, in check. Phone calls is a is a good resource we use. I'm sure a lot of other Pokemon players use that as yeah. well. But like to be honest, like you guys are like we I talked with Finn and he, that whole DDG wave that hit last year, and then Finn's like, "Hey, I'm putting a fucking team together. We're gonna compete." And like I'd have to say, you guys by far are doing like the best as like a group of people. I mean, you got the lab that started too, yeah, with, with with Bacardi in them, which is great. Which is yeah, no, no, yeah, the lab is sick. Uh, Bacardi, Jenkins, yeah. Bradner, Catrone, uh, that uh, Joey. I like yeah. the lab. I like, a lot, I, I like I like the the way people are going about it. Like, I feel like last year or the years before, like you had a bunch of players. Like, sure, you work together or whatever, but now it's got real like tight where like you got six really good players they're gonna work on something really good and and show it off then you have these six players that are gonna do it and then you have them and like i think that brings out the most potential in the game period like it's one thing to work on your own but when you got six minds that are like top players you come up with decks like you had this weekend which right and that's insane that's a big thing that i think teams were lacking in the beginning of when teams started it started with just, here's a big group of players that might necessarily not get along together, but we can all agree that we want to get paid. Correct. So we're all going to work together. And then throughout the process of teams getting deleted or teams getting mm-hmm. excluded and then 
having the little, you know, as far as the Pokemon community drama between, you know, this member doesn't like this member, so yes. we're kicking this guy, and we want this guy now, and this guy fits us. You know, ours was a lot more organic, and it kind of started. And it actually, you know, what's funny enough, it actually stemmed from one of those situations at Pro Play when me and Danny and Finn were on the same team together. I was uh, a little bit more up and coming. Danny was starting to solidify himself as like top five. Yeah. Finn was still like doing very well. And then, you know, I I loved my other teammates. But I wasn't testing with Ryan Allred and Ahmed Ali at the weekend. I was testing with Finn and Danny. So when Danny went to DDG and me and Finn had left pro play because we were done with that, we wanted to do our own thing. You know, it was basically just Finn was cutter tap, either the website, and then me and Finn still tested together. Before DDG happened, me and Danny were still testing together. So all three of us were still in a loop. And then once Finn was like, yo, I really want a bigger group of guys. I know it's us too, but... I want to, you know, I want more brains, more, more legwork, more mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's where Carter, Hale, Joe, Mike, and Cameron Shinoi at one point all came from guys that we liked, guys that we thought were uh, uh, either up and coming or already veterans. Like Joe has so many accomplishments, right. regional wins, regional top fours, regional top eights, all, you know, Joe's littered with yeah. accomplishments. And I think so, like Carter's super coming up, like six day twos in his first year. Yeah. Competitive. Uh, that's what I was saying. I'm like, when you when you look at someone like Carter who didn't have a name, like I knew him because I do league cups in in Cali, yeah. So I know Carter. Like we right. we played multiple times. I know he's good. Like when I sit across from him, I know I'm getting a good game. And uh, but then he comes to the season and just boom, boom, boom. I'm like, you could you could just see. When you see one player that you know he's good, but he just really hasn't done anything, then he gets put into a group of people that is just great players, and they all work together. And what the outcome comes from, there's no denying that the what you guys do or that that scenario is right. Like, right, more people and need to he, do that. And also, another thing to point out is actually, and Carl did this too when Carl started. Finn was Carl's first yep. coach, yep. and Carter. Finn was Carter's first coach, and Carter does coaching now. But, you know, when when Finn started coaching him, uh, me and Finn were very much still involved. I was doing my own coaching. And he had told me, he was like, man, I, I met this guy. He's he's picking it up so quickly. He's picking everything up. Because he came from Magic. So that was already yes. – he had a solid card game foundation of resources and time management and stuff that somebody who just comes into a card game, any card game, doesn't have yet. So he already had a good basis. It was just figuring out how Pokemon worked was what he needed. And uh, he's been a great asset. He does a lot of great testing. He has a lot of great ideas. And uh, he's definitely he's definitely also – and what I like to have is I like to have an honest opinion. If my idea sucks, I want you to, sh- I want you to poke holes in it. I want you to shoot it down. I don't want to just – every idea that comes out of anybody's mouth, yeah, we're going to full send this because we don't have time to full send every idea. We have to full send what's important. Right. So I think, it's, I it's, think I, I'm having that issue right now. Is that I don't have that group around me that will tell me your shit sucks. Like it's not that good. Like I have a group that's like they look at me and they go, "What are we playing?" Or like, "What are you playing?" And I'm like, "This is what I'm gonna play." And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." And like, a PTCGO is my friend. That's all I got. Right. Absolutely. But like, I think a lot of people are stuck in that area, and it it, it all comes down to the people around you. And I think eventually I'll get that group because like. I think to be a top player, it's almost stupid not to 
find a group of people and work with them because right and i think i think that goes for anything in life too is yeah. like you went uh as far as i can apply this to school when i'm looking for a job i want to be around people that are doing good at what the job that i want to be doing is so if they're doing good i want to surround myself with those people so that i can potentially get that job or i can do better at my job yes. no, no matter what you're trying to do same with same with when you're working and you want to make more money. You want to be friendly, friendly with the managers, the people who are doing good at that job, the people who are right. who are gonna who are gonna help you succeed. So I think that you know tans, stands the test of time in anything, but especially Pokemon, where the internet is now a part of it, which it wasn't back in the day. Right now, uh, more than ever, with the amount of information, it's nice to have more sets of eyes on the information that's going on. Right, I think because like we talked about it before you. Kind of, we kind of started, but you're, you you've won this last regional, and then you go on this media tour. You know, you've hit Chips Channel, you've hit um, the Super Oddcast, and like I think that's so huge for the game, like to get um, people more noticeable in the community. Like there's like like we had Justin McCarty on here, and he's killed it, and I'm like, oh, but how many people it. know you? And it's not big because it's just we don't have the outlets that we have now. And like, when you start hitting this, like, I think it's just so good for the game. Yeah. And yeah. to shout out Bakari, number one, what a yeah. consistent player, 40 something yes. day twos, a yes. win. Uh, so many ninth. I don't even know how many ninth places, so many bubbles. He's so consistent. I've actually right. had the chance of playing Justin Bakari. I played him at uh, Greensboro regional where I got top 16. And we had a really, really close set between uh, Zoro garb and uh, Archie's. And I consider that match to be a very solid on the 50-50 border. It really comes down yes. to how Especially you play it. In the in that meta that you guys played it in. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Especially in that meta before there was a Mewtwo and all this. Yeah. Other oh, and also before, like, when there wasn't, like, a towering splash, like, that matchup's kind of... Right. But Garb was really good at that matchup. And then exactly. towering splash exactly. team was like, all right, guys, now we got a, a super answer to you. Yeah, yeah, we have a chance. So, and he he played amazing, and I'm I'm honestly a fan of him. He's a really clean player. Right. You've never heard anything bad about him. A great guy, and yeah. definitely very very consistent. And yeah. he just also has been long deserving of a regional win. Yes. Way overdue. Yes, that's what that like when I had him on. That's what we were talking about. I'm like the the players that play this game know you. Like when I posted online that he's like the most over underrated player in the game, um, I got a lot of backlash. It was, and, and, like, I see the backlash just because I get it from players that, that play this game so much. But when I talk to my local people that they play it every day, you know, but they don't go to regionals and stuff. They don't know who Justin Bacardi is. But Right. And it, I doubt I doubt half the community knows that he's exactly. playing twos. I doubt that. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm saying. When, and then – with with like the internet now, I think we can turn people that do well in this game into bigger names than just um, I'm, I'm gonna hide in the shadows and be the ninja fucking star that I really am. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Like Xander when the he was like killer. 15, he he got third at Worlds. I'm like, how does not, not everyone in the world know this? Like he's a monster. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with right? that. But let, let's let's get back to you. So let's let's jump to how how did you even start playing this game, and when did you start okay. playing? 
So I started playing uh, the 2000, 2000, or 2007, 2008 season. Okay. So uh, I wasn't competitive, obviously. This is me just finding out about the cards. Right. Uh, and my grandmother, we were going Christmas shopping. I was very young. I was like 10 or 11. And we were going Christmas shopping. Uh, she was my caretaker at the time. And uh, in the le- there was a league in the middle of the mall. And I was real not, not real social. And uh, but I loved Pokemon, like the video game, the show, the idea of Pokemon. I love Pokemon, but didn't know anything about the cards or that the you actually could battle with them. It right. wasn't just about trading. Yeah, so that's where I started, and I started going there every weekend. My grandma would drag me to it because she wanted me to make friends and be more social. That's so a, she would drag me to it. Oh yeah, I that's God great. bless her. Without her, there would be I could go on hours about the things my grandmother has right. done for me in my lifetime, but. She uh, she kept dragging me there, and she actually found a friend. I don't know if you've heard of Renee uh, Renee uh, Curley. She that sounds uh, so familiar. Or Curry R- Renee Renee Curry. Yeah, she organizes with Yeti Gaming. She does all the uh, Florida regionals, and she's done a bunch of Florida states. She was a her and her husband. Uh, this is escaping me. Randy. How can I forget Randy? I love you. Randy. <laughs> Shout out Randy. Randy and Renee have been played a big part in my Pokemon career, and ended up being great friends with my grandmother. Along with Katie Schmidt, I'm sure you've met Katie or yeah. Martin Schmidt. They're great For judges, sure. so shout out to them. And uh, I just became part of the Pokemon family, and I really understood like what it was like to travel and and go places and have friends that like the same things that you like and did the same things that you like to do. And you know, it was outside of school, um, yeah. and it became just like it became my my hobby. It became my, and I think it became my first real hobby, like uh, something that I did consistently besides sports i love sports but sports aren't all year round pokemon right. is you know? yeah that that that's one thing people don't talk about either when you when you say that that it's so uh, do you wish there was a downtime in pokemon because i like absolutely it, right i feel like um see see just off my top of my head i cannot think like who won worlds it was uh the australian um, uh henry brand henry brand yes like I feel like he wins worlds, and then it's like two weeks later, we're like, someone wins a regional, and it's like, it's so. I feel like it's underwhelming. I wish that we had that, like, give us like three months or something of like, chill. Hey, Henry Brown's the man right now. He just won worlds. He's the best player. But I don't know. It also, it's like you'd have to change so much stuff. But it'd be dope, right? And that plays a big part in my story as a as a. Uh, how I came up playing Pokemon because because of not having a break, I only played three out of four months out of every year up until this is actually the longest I've played a full year of Pokemon. I've played start to finish this year, and we're now in we're now in uh, January, and I've played all the way from Atlantic City, which was the first one, yeah, all the way to now. September. So this is the longest I've ever played in, yeah. in a string. So normally because of high school. High school sports, middle school, the back half of my elementary, uh, my other extracurricular activities, uh, stuff like that. Also, having to be like, I'm in high school, I don't want to be a lame Pokemon player. So it was like a year where I just, right, absolutely, where you learn when you're learning, like, oh, nobody's going to like me because of this. But then after all of it, you learn, uh, nobody cares. I'm in college and I tell people I play Pokemon and they're like, Oh my god, you make money playing Pokemon? That's insane. People always What Pokemon is awesome. I've never heard like one bad thing, you know. Never. 
but in high school, you know, you're self-conscious, like, I can't let right. anybody know I play. I think the stuff. culture now is so, like, nerdy that it's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with, like, the, two, the 2000s and the back half of the mm-hmm. 2010s is, like, being nerdy is cool now. It's not cool to be... It's not cool to be an outcast and be bad at school. Now it's nope. cool to have the good grades and get a good job. And exactly. All that, you know? like, so I think that that's a cultural shift we're having, you know? which is especially bad. with the with the internet age being an awesome thing. Right. So you go, you you go, you start going this. When do you when do you is like decide I'm gonna go for invites? Is that okay? So 2007 eight was definitely no invites, Correct. just fun. No, I didn't even go to Florida States. Right. And then t- SPs came out, uh, back half of 2009, 2010 era, uh, when 2009 was starting. And then uh, this was when I was starting to really get interested in it. And I'm like, hey, Grandma, you know, I want to go to I want to go to nationals this year. I, I want to go to Florida. I, I usually went to the Florida cities. I did a lot of cities. I was a cities animal. I did that way more than regionals. I love cities. Right. So I did a lot of that. And then. 2009 Florida States, I was able to get top four with a honcho deck that Aaron Curry and Steven Silvestro, the 2009 world champion, had actually come up with. And his uh, father, rest in peace uh, to him, he was a great friend of mine, John, and uh, also helped me grow as a Pokemon player. So without him, I, I definitely would not be as much as I am today or the love for the game. And so that was my first big accomplishment in seniors. And then uh, 2000. 2010 was when Luxchomp was. So the following year, I was able to get top 64 at Nats and seniors coming in at 63rd seed. And the way it worked was you played your Swiss rounds, which were best of one, by the way. You didn't play best of three. And uh, they would cut to 64 and then be uh, a single elimination, best of three. But 64th place plays first place, 63rd place, second place, all the way like that. So I'm 63rd playing the second seed guy. Yeah, you know, I didn't have uh, a lot of money at this time growing up, so I couldn't afford Lux Chomp at the time. Thank goodness to uh, Japanese cards being allowed to be played because you could afford a five dollar Lux Chomp. Yep, and I ended up playing a Machamp Kingdra deck, and I ended up losing. So I got to whatever it was third. It was in top sixty four, like in the low fifties at Nats. So I already had seen some success in seniors, which was you know a lot easier than Masters. But my first real big Masters accomplishment was. I got a top eight at Florida States in 2015, 2016 season with a Night March Vesperquin list with three Hex Maniac. Okay. And that was the first that was the first big thing in a mas- in my master's division. I was right. sixteen or seventeen years old. So it was like my my first first or second year as a master. Alright. Because I, I mean I have your limit list up here. And but obviously limitless just doesn't go that yeah, it doesn't go that far back. Yeah. That stuff. That's all I can yeah, ever see definitely. is like I look at people's limitless, but then they're like, I've been playing since base set. I'm like, well, if I don't know that you won a regional in 2003, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's one of the but, biggest, that's one of the biggest problems with, I think Pokemon was nobody really was sitting there documenting no, no everything like we are now. And shout out to Pokestats, Limitless, yeah. Liquidation, what, Liquipedia, whatever the, anything yeah. that, that records anything. Yeah. You guys are doing a great thing. I know that nobody's paying you to do it, but just know that you're helping for future, future 100%. generations. I think 
Like Limitless is insane, to be honest. I love Limitless. I love I'm uh, I'm great friend. I, I'm great friends with Pedro. He's a he's a really That's super he's a super nice guy. That's my homie. <laughs> yeah. And Robin ended up beating me uh, to get into top eight at Worlds and then win. So shout out to him. So I've met him a couple times. I've right. had the opportunity of drinking some alcohol with these boys and getting pretty drunk in the bar and. <laughs> They've uh, they've been known to come to my house uh, my house Airbnb parties. Don't tell Airbnb that, but we throw big parties. Yeah, so they they've they've always this. been a, they've always been a good a good time, and I've enjoyed uh, partying with all the European dudes. That's what's up. So in two thousand, so we hit the money era. What like two thousand sixteen? Yes, yes, I believe so. so. Well, there was always. So there was always scholarships. I don't yes. know if a lot of people know this, but like the lore is, it used to be, uh, it used to be scholarships. And, it, and if you tried to take it out in cash, you would get the bond. You would get the uh, the savings bond or whatever that you could get when you're 18. If you weren't 18, this is how you acquired your money in Pokemon. Right. And it was significantly less. And I actually, you know, this benefited me because me getting top four at, uh, at states, getting, uh, I've gotten a two regional top eights. I think as a senior. Of what you know, stuff like that. Sixty four at Nats. Um, that stuff helped me pay for my college. You know, it went into my my grandparents That's took great. that money and put it in my college fund. You know, in the in the young bank account. Like I said, I, they, she was my caregiver, so she was just like my parent putting away uh, money for school, and that's helped me pay for my school that I have now. So Pokemon has really been a like a up. huge portion of my life. A hobby, uh, you know, paying for school, allowing me to travel. Allowing me to make friends, allowing me to be more social, uh, stuff up. like that. Help with help with my anxiety, being able to talk with people, all sorts of stuff. Right. I think uh, people take take that for granted when when it comes to the game. A lot of people are like winner bust, you know. And like right. when when you talk about how much this game has done for you outside of like winning, you know, it, it it's really something that people take for granted like when you do go to a regional and you and you you do bad like you gotta look around you and go you know what we're all here to have fun and like the trees one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes is like uh you can't see through the trees you know and i think a lot of (laughs) a lot of times when the forest is thick and you go oh three drop and you're thinking about all the money you wasted you know, it's kind of a half glass empty mentality or, or I can't really see the, the big picture here. I, you know, I'm, I'm getting a chance to spend some time with my friends. I'm getting a chance to eat good food, go to a place that maybe I've never been before, um, get the chance to make a new experience. And that's what Dallas was, you know, for me originally, I had booked the ticket a while ago. I had already gotten my invite before Dallas. So I wasn't like super needing to go. I was just like, you know, I'm going to, one last ride, go chill with the boys, just have a good time, play a good deck, you know, and then it turned into a win. So it was like at base value, I could have gone over three chop and still had the, had the, had the best time. Cause I wouldn't have changed anything that we did. The, I hang out with the same homies every tournament. We do the same things. We have a good time. We make the most of it. And that's part of Pokemon. It's not just all about the tournament. Right. So when I look at your limitless, it looks like I mean you've had mild success throughout the last three years. I mean you had Portland with the top top eight. Um, you're you're day twoing three almost three regionals a year at least. And I'm only playing four months. Yeah. So these are all happening very close because the gaps where there's nothing, most yes. likely most May, of the June. time, most of the time, yeah. And they're all see yep. exactly they're all in the back half. March, of the year. April, June. In the beginning of the year, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. I'm schooling. 
But I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I day two turn every tournament I played because right. I have flopped in tournaments in, in these things. But most of the time, my success is in the back half because that's what I'm going to all the tournaments. Mm-hmm. And like you one know? thing I noticed um, different on your limitless than a lot of um, players that are very successful is that your variety of decks is 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 cool. Like this year, you've topped, you've day two and top eight with. Three different decks. Yes, with uh, Malamar, Blounds, um, and Tina and the uh, and it doesn't show, but because they don't show the sixty fours. But I went six three at Portland with Zoro Pidgey, which was enough to get points oh, as well. Sweet. So like that 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 whole like a lot of players they put a lot into find a, find a deck and and get really good at it. And you're like, you know, I, I, I'm I have a team and we're we got really good at these decks. Which is right, dope. And, and there's a cool kind of thing, I guess, that happens with my team. Just how my, how like we built our team. So like, for instance, Joe and Hale, uh, both known for doing really well with slow decks. Groudon, uh, Hale doing really well with Stall and Gardevoir GX. So they're kind of the slower, more tempo paced decks, lock decks, things like that. And then there's me and Finn, who really like fast, aggressive decks with a lot of options. Uh, also, Mike kind of fits into this category as well. Uh, getting a top four with Zapdos. Me and Finn also great lovers of Zapdos. So we kind of like complement each other on that. And then uh, Carter. Carter likes big combo decks. Also kind of like lock decks. So he kind of lumps more in with Joe and Hale because he likes to play Pidgey a lot. Likes to play right. complicated decks. But he also likes to play big combo decks, which all of us kind of like, but not as much as Carter. Carter likes decks like Mewtwo. Uh, decks like the Tina Chomp, decks like uh, fighting with a bunch of options. So a lot of combo decks is what Carter likes. So we all kind of fill a separate role. That's very dope. Um, so you hit your was was 2000 Portland. Was that your first top eight in uh, Masters? In the Masters for regionals because I did regional, have a top yes. eight in the states, That's which was I mean. kind of the equivalent at the time. Yeah, it was kind of. You're right, but but, but it was more like. They had like six or seven states going on on the same day, so it'd be like Florida, Georgia, New York, yeah. Illinois. All their states were on the same weekend, so you couldn't do all of them. You had to pick one. Right. Whereas now with the regionals, everyone can go to everything. Yeah, I mean, there's almost 500 people there. That's what, I mean, but when you when you hit that when you hit that top eight, is that like because you've been playing? I know you've had success in in seniors, but you've been playing a long time. A long time. A long time. Absolutely. And then you, you you get that. Is that like a, a lift off your shoulders? Or are you oh, just definitely. super hungry? And, well, so that, so that one specifically was right when I, before I had got back into school and right after I had dropped out of college the year before and decided that college wasn't for me. So at this time, I was like, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. It, the money's coming in. I want to do, you know, there's $5,000 you can win now. I want to try and go harder. Because the back half of high school, I played mostly casually, played in Nats, played in Florida Regionals, but didn't play in anything else, really. And, and Dark Ride year, I didn't play at all. I just, I watched, I kept up with the meta. I was still, I went to League to play, but I never played in anything big because of school. So right. League was like my fun thing, you know. So once I got that, I was just like, you know, first I was really intrigued with Hoopa. Me and Danny Altavilla came up with a great deck and a great strategy of way to play. And we really, I mean, that was one of the best meta calls, I think, in a long time where you could just play a deck that 
autos like six or seven of the top decks and a lot of decks just don't have an answer for you yeah. but th- i mean it just felt good for me and danny specifically because we like spicy decks that we finally got through with something really out there because we were three for three we three of us played it and yeah. all three of us landed in 32 16 top eight oh, that's what's up and, th- and the same thing happened with the giratina we went like uh seven for seven yeah, we made like have- $6,500, like 900 CP yeah, or 700 CP or something stupid. I, I don't know. how I, I don't remember the number, but it was, it, was, uh, it was a lot. So it was just – it felt like our group is working. Our team yes, is starting to work. I love I loved seeing like a group of people do well. It's like – because like I'm from traditional sports where you have a team, you work together, you win. Um, I came into this and it felt – very, especially the teams felt very individuals with with the same jerseys, and, right? And like, then you see DGG decide, you know, we're not individual, we're actually friends, and we're actually really good. And then it be, like all last year almost became this whole anatomy of DGG versus the world, and right. then, and then everyone's like, you know what, these guys prove something that if you work together, you're you're really good. And now you see you guys. Proving it like last last week. I mean, when you have that many people playing the same deck, you guys work together and you all make day two. Like what you're doing is is right, right. And that just goes to attest the strength of this deck. And also, like in in the even in the earlier top eight this year, Finn made top sixteen and I made top eight with Blounds. Were the only two guys to play it on our team that were there. We both made day two. He came and tested at my house. He. Would, actually living in my house in florida for a week we went to uh virginia together and then uh went to what was the other one the the knoxville together so he he stayed we grinded pokemon every day and like put the work in and decided you know we both should stick with this deck so you know when we find it's it's not all the time it's not every tournament that we find the deck that we all like because finn is kind of picky so (laughs) finn really likes what he likes if it's It's got the word Stinger in it. Finn will play it. So, unfortunately for this tournament, Stinger was in the deck. So, he was down for it. And uh, we both did pretty good. That's what what he was saying on the podcast. He was like, all right, now I'm all in on this checkmate decks. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm there, too. Right, absolutely. So, you you get your first top eight. And then... I mean, you continue to have uh, mild success. And then you get to NAIC next year. And, like, to get to get results at an international is a little... You got to feel a little better. Like, you, you got the right. regional, and yeah, now you... Getting, getting top 16 at Worlds, honestly, felt bigger to me than oh, the yeah, top Oh, yeah, you did that get top 16 at Worlds. That is a Worlds. Happened the year... Yeah, that yeah. happened. The, that happened the year before, and I, I like I said, I had lost my win into Robin. It was actually a really favorable matchup for me, and the tournament bracket actually in top eight. Uh, if I would have won that match, I would have been in his place, played two Rayquazas in a row, which are auto wins, yeah. and then would have lost to Malamar in the finals. But I dead drew against Robin, so he was able to beat me, <laughs> and I was really upset about that. I was so close to top eighting worlds. I really felt like I had the deck. I fought through day one, so that was yeah. like my first. Like the top eight regionals was nice because I got the top eight regionals mm-hmm. and the top sixteen worlds in the same season. Yeah. So, so I was like, once I got the top sixteen worlds, I was like, what's all right, we can we're right? we're starting to do it. We're like starting your, to your, really... your confidence has to be boosted huge when, right, when something absolutely. like that happens. 
Like absolutely. When I got I got twelfth at Salt Lake, and like my level of play just went from I'm just a player to oh I just beat this player, this player, this player, and I can compete. And like I I, I was just wondering if you you have that same I, once you're once you start getting these results like your confidence like that shit boosts crazy right. And I think constant confidence is actually an interesting uh, aspect of Pokemon that doesn't Huge. get talked a lot. Because some people will say – there's this going uh, statement that I think is very true that if you practice with a deck a lot and you really like it, no matter if the meta is bad and you're confident in it, you still have the potential to do well. And I think that's very true. And I think if a lot more players were a, a lot more confident going into their tournament, like instead of being like – and this goes back to the – the trees and the glass half full instead of thinking being like oh i hope i don't hit my bad matchups i want to think i hope i hit my good matchups right you know i want to not be dwelling on the negative thoughts and trying to give myself a morale boost right and even if you hit those bad matchups like to move past yes you want to be in like a mindset of like this guy could dead draw or i can outplay this person and i could win just being, because I know my deck. I know my deck. Right. It's not favored, but I don't know how much preparation this guy put in. But right. I know I put in the work, and like I can win this if I play right. A great, a great quote. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Michael Jordan or John Wooden, but it was like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which one of them it was. <laughs> it might be, my, it might be Michael Jordan, but I'm, I'm sorry, leaning towards John Wooden. Right. But either way, you have a chance. Right. Your opponent could dead draw. Your opponent could make a misstep. Not that you want to hope for these things. Exactly. But they're there. Yes. And they're, they're a tangible factor in every game. Yeah. Uh, your opponent making a misstep, draws, variants. That's just because we're in a card game. and that's, yes. Those factors are always there. Right. So I, I will definitely say that the confidence like getting good results makes you feel good obviously because you're winning money it feels like you're not just wasting money going 03 drop and everything which you know has happened in my career being like uh, do i want to play pokemon anymore is this worth my time and investment i think and it I really think, starts it really starts to show when you get the when you get the accomplishments yeah i think that that goes through everyone's mind when they like i lost my point i, I was 5-3 uh, going into my last round i was like if I win this, um, I get 40 points, and it wasn't so bad. And I was playing Lucario, and I hit Kevin Baxter, and he's playing Charizard, Reshiram, with Volcarona. And Volcarona just turns off all my fucking focus sashes. For oh, jeez. Yeah. I was like... And then, like, I just get ran over, obviously. So, uh, and, like, he tweets after. He's like... Well, Corona is not that good, but it does beat Focus Sash. I was like, yeah. you know what? On, on Volcarona, Volcarona was a super interesting Pokemon that I actually didn't get any time to put into, but I thought and expanded with Fire Crystal and some type of. There's other sniping options that Volcarona actually could have been possible. So it's kind of cool that he went. He, you said he went six three. Yeah, he he ended six three. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. actually super cool. He said he would cut it, 
But he well, was, he's like, I, I cut it until out. this last match. He's like, I don't know now. That's pretty good. Right. I, I would be thinking more on the lines of a full Volker on right? not more on a Rashi's Barb side. Maybe uh, in its own thing. Like, Decidueye was good, and cool. this seems better than Decidueye. So. Right, and I had more support at the time. Forest of Giant Plants being gone, just yeah. you know, we could go down the rabbit hole forever on damaging Pokemon. Right, that's just crazy. <laughs> Um, but I did, I had a weird conversation with, uh, Pablo Meza this weekend. Um, when we were talking VGC and TCG and like you brought up like it being a card game, like there's variants where you can just dead draw and we were talking about it and he's like, I like the way VGC, you get to decide your starting two Pokemon and like, you know how you're starting the game. Like I put these right. two Pokemon, I know how it is. He's like, but in 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 TCG, I'm praying that my opponent cuts me into seven good cards. And, like, he's like, I don't, like, that mindset is hard. I'm like, you know, you're right. You're, like, you, you, you build your deck as consistent as you can. But at the end of the day, when you, when you shuffle your deck and you hand it to your opponent, you're just hoping that he cuts it to a, a starting Pokemon and a, play, so a playable hand. And, right. like, we're talking, like, would the game be better if, like, you could just start, you get to pick your first six cards or whatever, your starting hand. Like, if you could start with the same hand at every game, would the game be better? Or is it is there, is that just too broken? Well, I guess to answer that question, I'm going to start with uh, this, the whole setup question with him being like, uh, shout out to Pablo, he's a nice guy. I've sat next to him a million times in tournaments. We actually got to play. At, uh, at this regional. Um, but with the starting the two Pokemon, and I actually have been playing a lot of up-to-date VGC. It's super fun. I actually think it's, I think this is one of the most skill-intensive VGC formats. Right. And uh, I think with the opening Pokemon, that's better. Uh, and we take an L on that. But if we flip the scale, we have, because of the internet and how TCG works, we have a better way to determine the meta, whereas the VGC guys... Yes. Your Pokemon can bring whatever four moves it learns out of the fifty it learns. You have yes. no idea what's on that Pokemon. And guess what? The guys aren't who aren't making top eight. They're not posting what was on their no. Pokemon. There's no site that says this is what number fifty fifth yes. guy played. This Togekiss had this move. Nobody has that. So they're going into these blind mind game metas, which we don't have to worry about mind gaming as much. Right. Where they have like this whole other level of intelligence they have to go through of like my opponent did this the last game at this time, would he do that again or would he do something different, which we don't have to worry about. Yeah. If, if it's Weezing, they're spreading again. If it's Zork, they're riotous beating right. again. You know what they're yeah. doing. You know what's possible. You don't know when your opponent's going to hit blank attack and crit you and knock you out. You yes. can't expect for that. You can't plan for a crit, right. but you can plan for a knockout in Pokemon. Yes. So I, that's I kind of my counterpoint on that. I think there's a little bit of difference variance in both, but on the uh, question of would I think it would be all right if everyone picked their opening six cards? No, and the reason why... <laughs> <laughs> no, and the reason why is because there would be no skill in Pokemon. The skill would be learning how to... Like, there would be one good deck that would be so good. Like, let's say Mewtwo. You open Welder, double energy. Uh, hold on, I'm going to seize. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> the Pokemon attacker that you want, like Solgaleo is your random good attacker, Dedenne, yeah, good. And, and Psychic Energy, and I'm going to open that six cards. What deck am I losing to? 
nothing. I'm right. not losing to any deck. That's the problem. So no, takes like what? One, if, what if I could a, start six cards in a different deck that like I can? Smack what six you. cards? What six cards are you? Okay, let's. I don't know. Let's go also, down the rabbit hole. Right? If we're if I'm playing you two, what six cards are in your opening? Who's game? going first? I can't get out of. That, you're going first. You're going first. Yeah, you're, no, 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 you're going. Let's say you're going first. I'm going first, so I can't. Yeah, I, I, I can't play the supporter. I'm, in, I'm fucked. Because right. you got welder. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You have welder and Dene. And I'm going to choose. Guess what? If I flip the coin, I'm going to choose to go second. Number one, yeah. you're not going to know what deck I'm playing, and I'm going to get to choose my. I hand, wonder. So. I wonder how it goes. <laughs> like, how would you be able to pick? Do you have to pick your starting six before you know if you go first or second, or do you get to pick it after? Because that changes everything would, too. I think you would probably have to flip. Somebody chooses, and then you pick your six cards. I think. I think. What if you had if to lock in your six cards before? Yeah, the imagine. The what if you locked board. in your six card before the tournament? Like excellent. You have to start these six. They're in different. Oh, cities. like oh, like in your PTC, like in your thing, you're in like your deck list. My opening hand for the whole yes tournament. for the whole tournament. That'd be kind of nuts. Oh my! I think that, like I said, I think that would give up upper hands to the uh, to the attacking decks for sure. Mill deck wouldn't exist, yeah, uh, anymore. I, I think it would it would be too impactful. But I will say this: if we're going to make imaginary changes, yes, I do have yes. a, I do have an imaginary change that I would like personally. I would like a five card sideboard. Really, I feel like yes. I and the reason I would like that is because let's say oh, let's go back. Let's go back to Drampa Guard format. Okay. When that, I feel like this format is one of the formats in the history that was completely solved. Uh, yes. That there was no special things that were going to come out if more tournaments happened. Just, it was. It was Drampa Guard. Sor- yep, Drampa Guard, Espeon Guard, Greninja, and I guess what uh, uh, Metagross that countered it at one point. So, and and Foxy Drampa. Yes. Best decks, hands down. There were other decks, Decidueye as well. Yeah. Uh, but. Best decks, and I figured I think that was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I am playing S or I'm playing Drampa Garb, and uh, in Mirror, I would want an Espeon, but against everything else, I wouldn't want an Espeon. So I beat everything else, and I only take this one loss, this other popular deck. If I could just have two of my five spots for a 1 1 Espeon, it would fit right into my deck. I would be able to have a better chance against the field so that I could have a chance against everything. I wouldn't beat everything, but I would have a chance. Right. Or that maybe, uh, you know, that Decidueye deck had an extra field blower for guard decks. I could right. put an extra blower in there. Or a Zorak deck could be Zorak Glissopod, and then my five cards could be a 2-2 Lycanroc and a fight. And right. now I have a Zoro Lycanroc deck. That, that's I, what, like that that, would... I think that's the biggest argument against it, is when, when you talk Zorak. Because Zorak can just change. Zorak's gone. Zorak yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's different. But I'm just saying, like, in the past, you're like, if we had a sideboard, you could play four different decks because you have but Zorak that's why plus I like, whatever. That's why, I like the, that's why I like the five cards because it kind of limits that's true. what you're going to do. And it's more going to be for techs. And maybe, like, you're like, all right, well, against some matchups, you know, I'd really like to have an enhanced hammer. That would be cool to have. Right. So something like that. And I think that that would add, an, one, an edge of skill. For sure, because sideboarding is in Yu-Gi-Oh is very skillful. Right, N- knowing what the tournament's coming in that helps with your with your determining of the meta, and it gives counterplay. So that let's say you completely destroy your opponent, right? The matchup's super good, but your opponent ended up having something in their side deck to give them a chance. So now game two, we have a totally different interaction of what's going to happen, right? right? So they're going to put their tech in. 
maybe they beat me, right? And then now I'm like, oh, man, now they have a tech. Now this third game, I'm going to have to prepare for the tech. So by the third game, now there's full knowledge between both players. All right, boom. This is what you have for me. This is what I have for you. I thought the matchup was good, but you had something. So now this third game is going to be on the same playing field anyways because you're going to know their deck. And and you'll have you'll have a chance instead of just auto losing against something ridiculous. Yeah, I kinda I like play. Like Shock Lock. Shock Lock's yes, a great example. Great. If I could have one of my five slots as a, as an escape room. Yes. Then I know, oh I play against Shock Lock, I'll lose game one. I'll put my rope in there. Yeah, I'll just scoop. I have a chance now. <laughs> scoop, let's right. go to game two. <laughs> right. Exactly, I, I like exactly. it. I like the idea because when you look at when you look at like decks like Shock Lock wouldn't exist because of shit like that. Which Yes. In my opinion, Shocklock is or, not a fucking or, like worthy deck. Or uh, what? Let's say Shocklock. Let's say Shocklock puts uh, puts Omastar in their deck, and they make their bench just Omastar and double ride you. Right. Then what are you doing? Then your escape room does not shit, and I'm locking you. You know, and I'm azing my other Pokemon right. and setting up. But there's counterplay. There's things you can do. Yes, you can. I like I like the theory. Um, I think and, it would I be think, interesting. I do too, and I think. Um, with with how much uh, attention the VGC is getting, and like we're getting the aftershock of all all that attention. Um, right, right. I, I, there's potential for a lot of change to come. I think it's dope. Um, but, but then I guess back to like the track of the the career. Then the the top eight NEIC right. was like when I knew that I was going to take this year more seriously. I was going to be like, I'm going to take the time. I have the time. I've, I've Got back to my full year, first year of college, so I'm, I'm back into the swing of things. I know what I'm doing. I know how to manage my time. I think that if I just do Pokemon and I focus on – and I get school done, and I have good grades that I can continue to play. And after getting top eight was when I was just like, all right, this year we're going we're gonna to try and push for top 16. Right. I remember, I remember NAIC. Uh, Peter Kiko walks up to me. He's like, did you see the fucking uh, – <laughs> A stun fist deck? I was like, no. He's like, that shit's winning. I'm telling you, it's winning. <laughs> it's the most busted thing I've ever seen. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then, then I see you uh, up in top eight. Like the whole story of NIC turned into, can this stun fist deck do it? It was like, right, fucking right, made right. it. Yeah, that was fucking dope. I love seeing. I actually that ended shit. up. I- I played against Kika around nine. That must have been when he told me. After he that. told me during the game, he was because me and him have always been uh, cheeky. Like it's not like we message each other, but at tournaments, we always say what's up to each other. We always hang out. Every time he's had a money match at Nats, I've been there to watch it. So uh, we've drank together. So he's a good guy. He's, he's a decent friend of mine. And we were playing, and he was like, "I want you to know that this deck is broken, and you're you're gonna win." <laughs> yes. And I did. I did a super sweet play that only me and Frank would know because we were the ones playing the deck. But against Stall, you can marsh out of them once, right? Yeah. And then you power up your spirit tombs with the damage. And then you use damage mover to knock out your marsh out and then restructure it back and marsh out of them again. again. So you keep marsh out of You can marsh out of them up to twice while you're taking knockouts. I actually ended up taking a, a two shot as Mel Metal because you can't heal and remove my energy. So you can do right. one or the other. So I was able to keep. Slamming with damage and Marshadow and boom, knockout, knockout. That's knockout. hilarious, actually. Yeah, I so I ended up beating him two zero. So that was the deck really, really did well. Marshadow actually got him game one. I didn't even have to Marshadow the second time. Game two, I did, but game one he got four Pokemon, and I was just like, kill your Hoopa, kill your Lugia <laughs> GX, 
steal your bell metal, steal your hoopa. <laughs> so okay. it was, yeah, it was. I love that deck. And now, shout out to new DC Energy Baby Stunfisk. I did just back. see that. I just, just see that. I'm like, that's not bad. We can, there's so much potential coming out with the, the new set and, and shit, which is kind of dope. Um, So, you've been playing how, what, 2000, what did you say, 2007? 2007-2008 season is when I first found when right. great, specifically when Claydol came out. Great Encounters was my first set. And then you you get that regional win this weekend. Like how much? Like how does that? How does that feel? Like it's got to be like a huge relief off your shoulder because there there's so many people that have played so long that don't have glass. Like right. they don't have anything. They they get top eights. Right. They can't they can't get over that hump into a top four. And it's like. And then you, I mean, you've had success, but this regional win's got to be big, right? Oh, my goodness. It was huge. Uh, I mean, obviously, the first thing I did was, because I didn't, this, you were, I don't know if you were at the regional. I think you were. I was there, but I left, I had to catch my flight when you were going in the finals. I was like, fuck. The the service was super bad underneath, so you had to go up to call. And there was basically no time between top four and finals. So I usually call my grandma like at the end of day one, at the end of day two, and let her know like how she's or how I'm doing. Okay. And she actually understands Pokemon talk, knows what it means That's to mold, knows what it means to dead draw because she's been around it so long. So I can actually explain what's happening. And so after top eight, I told her I won. And then I didn't talk to her for like three hours because of how <laughs> it all went down. And so I called her and I was like, Guess who's the 2020 Dallas Regional Champion? She was literally screaming, crying That's on the awesome. phone. Like, you know, my, my grandparents have really, you know, they've always supported me, but they've always, you know, they've never wanted anything more than for me to win, finally, to get a win. And $5,000 is, you know, life-changing it for, is. for some people. And, and it's life-changing for me. I'm a college student. I don't have a job. Right. All I do is coach. All I do is play Pokemon. I, you know, I, I, I'm pretty well with my money. I save my money. I work when I can over the summer, but... Most of the time, you know, th- this this money is going to mean a lot to me. It definitely meant a lot to my grandma. I actually owed her a little bit of money. I had a little bit of, of an outstanding loan. So I was able to pay <laughs> back great. my grandmother, which is always nice. So, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was amazing. And it just shows that, you know, if you put in the time, if you test, 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 test. And one of the people that I uh, not only look up to their success, but also look up to their regiment is the Limitless guys. Because they put in the hours and the, mm-hmm. the tour with the I test thirty to forty hours a week, boom. Yep. And then you know, we tested before Stunfisk. We tested ten hours a day every day for the week up to Nats, me and Frank. And then for this regional, two weeks, at least five to six hours a day every day, grinding <laughs> games with whatever deck it might be. And that work really, really, really shows. Yeah. And if you put in the time, because I wasn't putting in the time before, I was putting in enough time to get a deck going. But not enough to know everything. Right. Not enough. I wasn't doing as much as I could have been doing. I was doing enough for what I thought was good enough, and now I know what's good enough. Right. Because how like, much work you need to put in. Like even when you said about the the whole let loose kill kill your let loose do it again. Like if you didn't test that, like you, do you see that coming? That. No, you don't even. Even though it's right there in front of you. Like, like, when are you going to be like, yeah, I'm going to damage mover my speed yes. tube to make it less powerful to kill a Marshadow to get it back? Yes. When are you going to think about that? Exactly. Which, that just tells you, like, when you when when you put in that work, it's insane. Like, there, it's the little things. Like, anyone can pick up a deck off Limitless and have 
mediocre success. But when you get to a situation just like like that, like if you don't put in the work, you're not going to see those plays. And I got we had Pedro Torres on it, and he's talking. His, his number one partner is is Tord, and they, right. they're they're very consistent. And like just like you said, you're when you're you're uh, working with Frank every day. Boom, 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 and the, here's the success. And if you look at Pedro's lemon list, it's there's nothing but success because he puts in the work and like. You can say everyone can say what you want. It's like, oh, he's talented. At the end of the day, he he does he does things that most players don't. And absolutely. And just to say he he's winning because he's talented, that's shit. That's not true. No, he's winning because he works hard. He's exactly. winning because he puts time into the game. He's winning because mm-hmm. he's he has a uh, obviously he's extremely smart. We can we can sit yes. here and say how smart Ford is all the time, but. You know, more oftentimes than not, I think, and I think this goes for all players, and I'm not trying to downplay toward it all or any player, but more oftentimes than not, you have a base knowledge, but that testing, those situations come up, whatever weird situation comes up, and then that situation comes to fruition in a game. That's the difference between you winning and losing yep. is knowing what to do in that exact moment. So if you've played this many games and you go, well, this game looks a lot like this game, and this is how it ended for mm-hmm. this matchup. These are the things I should do, exactly. and these are the things that made me win. It's it's like the. It's not all about drawing the stones, even though you got to. to yeah, win sometimes you draw the stones. It's it is what it <laughs> is, but the those, right. those hard hours of of those little things. That's how you win the tournament. I always tell people, I'm like, you don't get me wrong. You you go into a tournament and you you want to have high ratios of being very good against the meta. Um, but at the end of the day, you could hit three three non-meta decks and you could just go home you know it doesn't matter how good your deck is you know right but when you do hit that bad matchup when you hit that bad matchup and you're able to beat that bad matchup that's what projects you into day two you're like right i hit my worst matchup and i won because i i played it so many times and i understand the matchup and this guy who joe blow is found the the dark deck and and just played it because it's a great deck. But right. you outbeat them because you put in the work. Um, I think I think this it's really cool because like a lot of people that we have on here, their their limit list is fucking stacked of huge accomplishments, and it's really cool to look at yours and go, "This guy's been playing a long time, and like he found success. It wasn't it wasn't like oh I." First place isn't good enough for me anymore because I'm, I just always am good. It's, I, I put in the work now and I found success. And I think a lot of people that aren't so successful at this game can look at you and go, you know what? At the end of the day, if I keep working, there's a fucking chance. Like I can do this. And I think that's great. Like, like you've had really good success, mild success, your whole thing. And then you get that regional win this, this year. And it's like, you know what? It's very motivating towards towards players that that you you've turned your whole career around by going, you know, I, I'm going to hook up with these six six good players. Um, I, I've I've done well in the past, but now you can see I'm I'm top eight uh, at Collin at Collinsville, and now I'm first. And, and it's because you're putting in this work, and I think that's really awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 
And you know, another big thing is like it's all it's mostly a team win for me because I put a lot of trust in my teammates. You can't do the legwork by yourself. You can't test every matchup by yourself. There's just physically not enough time, especially for all of us who, you know, hails at Caltech, one of the best freaking schools in the whole nation. Right. Finn's in school. I'm in school. Mike has a full-time job. Carter has a full-time job. We all have things going on that are not Pokemon. We're not 14 anymore in high school playing Pokemon for fun. You know, we're, we're, right. we're trying to, we're really trying to do it big. And also shout out. I just now noticed you have Cutter Tap in the back of the side. That's busted. I, oh, I really mess with that. But, uh, you know, I also give a lot. I also trust my team. If, if Finn tells me a deck is good and it's better than my deck and we should go with this and he pokes the holes through my deck and he shows me the deck, and, you know, I'm not just going to – my ego – I'm not going to let my ego bleed for everybody else, you know, right. or anybody's ego on this team, you know. All of us – Carter's the only one on our team that does not have a regional top eight, and he's only been – he only had one uh, – his first competitive year last year. And then Mike, it's his second competitive year. Last year he made Worlds uh, on his first, and then this is his second. He already has a – he had a top eight last year – or top four, excuse me, his first compet- big competitive season and two day twos this season already, so it's like – Everybody is really getting there, you know. Right. Like as a group, it's not just my success; it's Ben's success, it's Carter's success, it's Mike's success, it's Hale's success. Hale has a top four at the Open, a second at a regional, a top eight at a regional, and he doesn't play at all. Those <laughs> he's top eighted. He's top eighted. I'm pretty sure three out of four tournaments that he's played in. That's that's three insane. for four. And yeah, like, I think the more the more media comes out, the more. Pokemon starts back in the game. You'll see that these players get the recognition they deserve, and, and and with with the way teams are coming together, it's not just a money grab anymore. And I think a lot of people are are shying away from these stupid money grabs because you you don't get what you really want, which is to win. You get a group of people that, and I've taken a lot of flack from this, and I, I stand by it, like ARGs and and. What all these uh, Guardian Gaming and whatever you, you, you they're not teams. I don't care what you say. Like they're a bunch of people with fucking jerseys on that are the same. Like they don't work together. They don't. It is what it is. But that you, speaks to like the Grant Manley being a part of the exactly. gang now. And then you know, no no shade on Grant. I think Grant's a great guy, and they have a great test group, and they're obviously doing great work. Right. But you know, Grant didn't fit in with those group of guys. Grant wasn't testing with them anyways. Yeah. You know, exactly. they all tested on their own. Pram, Pram wasn't testing with ARG. Pram was testing with DD. Exactly. That's what, you know, that's what like, I used to say all the time. I'm like, you and Pram wear the same jersey, but Pram won't even talk you to you about his, on the same team. Yeah, he won't even tell you what deck he's playing. So like, You guys are sponsored. Yeah, You're sponsored exactly. players. That's what, You're not a team. That's what I said a lot. And like a lot of people came with backlash on me saying that I shouldn't say shit like that and that we well, are Well, I mean, team, they, they but... are. They're a sponsored team. They're, spo- they're ARG-sponsored right? team. That's what I said. But, you know, You're not the a real facts team. are, if you knew them, and this, and I guarantee I, I would, you know, 85 to 90% guarantee that the people that are giving you flack are people that actually have never had a conversation with Grant or Jose right. or Pram or even talk to these guys about who they test with, who they prefer, mm-hmm. who they who they hang out with, who are their friends, stuff like exactly. that. You like, know, like uh, I th- me and Royal got into it, um, but I mean, me and Royal are cool. But over that, we got into it where he was saying that his teammates were 
ARG and his testing group is Xander and them. And I'm like, in my head, your team is Xander. You, you, if you're going to sit there and work with Xander on a deck for hours. And Xander's on six prizes on a different team. Yeah. I'm like, if you're going to sit there and that's your team, like at the end of the day, Xander's your teammate. And he's like, no, Xander's my friend. I'm like, you can be friends and teammates. I promise you. You can. And he's like, I, I, I don't want to downgrade could... him like that. I'm like, it's not a downgrade. It, it, it's not, that's not a downgrade at all. Like me and Finn have been friends for five years. We are friends, but he's my teammate. Right. Uh, regardless, exactly. if we're not friends or we're not teammates, both are going to stand the same. They're, they're, I think they're kind of one of the same. And that kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about in the beginning was like, Teams that are formed unorganically and only through money are paper thin. Yes. Uh, because when the bag's not there, you won't be. Mm-hmm. But when your team is a basis of friends, you're not going to stab your friend in the back for a bigger bag. Right. Most of the time. That's what I'm I, not going to say. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say that if somebody, if DDG was like, "We're going to pay you a thousand dollars," I would think about it. But more than likely, I'd say, "I kind of like where I'm at." You know? Yeah, like I, I was talking to Chum, and I told Chum if he ever decides he wants to do this team thing again, I would like we would take one player, we would take someone like Xander and go, all right, we want four players on this team, but I want you to handpick the four players. Like you pick one. I don't care if it's Xander and his cousin from fucking wherever. I don't right. like no name. I'd rather have four players that are going to sit here and test and work together that I'm paying than four top players that don't even talk to each other that are just there because I'm paying them. Like I, right. I want my team to be successful. Bag will get together somewhere else. Exactly. There all there'll be a better offer. There'll be another teammate trying mm-hmm. to sway you, trying to say, hey. You're really good. I want you on my team. Blah blah. Exactly. Leave this team. But I think it's happened. We're, we're it's in happened such time a, and time again. I think we're in that 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 era of like fuck these these sponsorships are not big enough for you to really care. Uh, and and the success that Cutter Tap and DDG and the Lab are all having right now really shows that the sponsorship teams are, are bullshit. And that uh, you should find a good testing group and, and work together. And- I, I I 100% agree, all besides the fact that, you know, without pro – even though I'm not the biggest fan of pro play at all, right. and I've openly said that. And I'm not the biggest fan of my last two sponsorship things, even though they were nice. They were not true, and there was a lot of dishonesty involved. Uh, and I'm not going to say who that has to do with. Uh, from the last – just the last two yes. have been really – sore for me because it hurt my feelings i'm putting myself out there for someone who said they believed in me and then they're not coming through with what they promised and i can tell you this every time finn's promised me something for an article or promised me some testing or promised me that a deck worked or promised me that we're going to go all have lunch everyone's going to show up those sponsorships aren't going to show up for you like that unless unless you find something organic that there might be like, all right, the biggest example I have for this of something that's organic and also as a team is kind of full grip, the Mahone, Champagne, yes. JW Prewall. They were all friends before and they all got involved with something that they, with someone that they approved of and that supported them. And that works for them. And that's how sponsorship right. should be. It should be, it should start with something organic, whether it's right. the player or orga- the player groups, organic, the player plus the store is organic. Something's yeah. got to be there. Like, or like I said, 
I feel like, and this is all an opinion, obviously, yes. but I feel like it's paper thin and the, the bag will get too heavy and someone else right. will want to take the will want to take the load and, mm-hmm. and move on. And, and, and as soon as a... Because we can be completely fair here. Um, there's not a lot of money in sponsoring people. Like, There's not a lot no. of comeback. Like, As soon as a company realizes that they're not really getting much out of what they're putting in, they don't care anymore. They just move on. And like you right. see that. And I think at the end of the day, right now, the the, the best sponsorships are, are stores. Like when you if you're not a store, like it's almost not worth it because And I think the most constant either. thing the most constant thing with sponsorships is that they are gonna move on. That's the yes. most constant thing. They mm-hmm. all move on. This is a big trend and I don't think this is like even an undisputable it's it's an undisputable fact at this point that a team gets set up, something is going to happen because of the catalyst that's being mm-hmm. built in between money, players, relationships, all of these type of things. When money and personal relationships get involved, there's always, you know, a yep. catalyst for for a shutdown or a failure yeah. or, or a or a clean out or whatever you want to call it. That's gonna happen. You know? Yeah. Something like this, with what I have or what DDG has, that's the only way that's breaking is personal. It's got nothing to do with money. Right. Money's a lot Money's a lot worse of a problem to have with someone than uh, a qu- uh, a personal qualm or quarrel, if you will. Right. And like, I think uh, the only way a sponsor team like what DGG had um, was very rare, and it was great. And I think the only way a sponsor team um, has that type of success now is if they go to Finn and go, "Hey, I want you to be under you and your team to be under this brand, and we're going to give you X." We tried that. That was the, one of the See. failed ones that just happened recently. And, uh, you know, it's upsetting. I wanted it to work. It seemed really too good. It like, was a too good to be true, true moment. They told me that they believed in me and that they want to see me succeed. And they see that it, they watched us put in the work. And, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't profitable enough for them. And mm-hmm. I understand because Pokemon is not profitable enough for any anybody. Uh, Right anybody now. so yeah. it's not like it's not like they screwed me it's more like they realized uh they realized that this is not going to work out and, yeah and i think and that's it, fine, in, in time and growth when the game grows because at, at, at this time we we see growth like pokemon's starting to take control of things and like i've said it from the beginning the only way this game grows is if pokemon decides to grow this game there's no one person or one youtube channel or something that's gonna go all right now we all can make money Pokemon's got to go. Okay, now we all can make. We money. all can make money. Yes, and once they decide that, which right now they're pushing VGC very hard, and, and I which, love that. Which is That's which amazing. is great. I think um, at the end of the day, if you do look at the Twitch numbers, it wasn't even close. Um, with the VGC had like thirty k, and when TCG went on, it went down to like five. Yeah, man, it kind of sucked. Uh, I wish they would have done two streams, so it didn't like it didn't look take so away. Bad. It didn't take away from VGC and didn't de-promote yes, TCG all exactly. the time. But, I, but I mean, I can also see their point of view is like, if we're going for a more Pokemon-heavy everything, you want the normal person. Not the guy who's only interested in VGC. Not the guy who's only interested in TCG. But the guy who has no idea about either of them. We want him to stay. So we want kind of a change of pace. So I think that was a cool move and uh, a cool move on them. And definitely... And it was their, uh, so I mean, it wasn't their first time, but I think it was their, it was like the first time they decided to take over a regional stream 
And I, I think it only gets better. Absolutely. And I'm super yeah. stoked that Pokemon has decided to get in the driving seat of doing the regionals. Like, they want to be held accountable for how the event looks. They don't want, you know, uh, yes. not, not hating on other streams because I loved Critical Hit. Right. I loved, uh, uh, what was the other one? Battle Factory. Mm-hmm. All of them. Great, great avenues. And thank great. God that they were. Thank God that they were we able to pick them, it up. But honest. now that but now that Pokemon wants to take the accountability to give that great technology and those mm-hmm. cameras and the stream team and the interviewers and the, the whole nine that everybody else can't produce because they're not they don't have Pokemon's pockets. Yep, you know, Pokemon's pots are, pockets are fat. Mm-hmm. So for them to do that is amazing and shows that they're st- they're wanting to put more into this and they can see that right. it has potential. Yeah, that's dope. Um, before we, before we wrap this all up, I, I usually I ask one question, and, and at the end of the day, like what what's your what's your end goal here? Is this is world champion? I'm I'm, I'm retiring. Am I am I playing till I'm eighty? Um, or what, what's going on here? What's what's your end goal here? I want to be world champion for sure. Right. That I think that if anybody uh, has a goal, even if it's to start at a regional champion, sure. Then what after that? Yeah. You don't want to get complacent. I want to be a national champion. I want to be a world champion. I want to be uh, – I love Pokemon. I've spent so much time on Pokemon. I've done my whole life uh, – I've structured my life around Pokemon right. growing up. And uh, I wouldn't want to not try and go for these goals. Um, about playing till I'm 80, you know, I'm in college. I'm going to be in college for like – three or about three more years, four more years, might do a master's degree. So I might have some more college time. But when I get into my work, I want to be a, a endangered animal conservationist. So I want to do conservation work and research work. So those type of things take lifelong de- dedication to yeah. your study, whatever you're studying or whatever you're trying to prevent from happening, especially if you're going into the field of environmental science. So, you know, when it comes to my work, I'm, I'm definitely going to be more focused on that. And obviously I plan on having a family and kids down the road. So, and I want to share my love of Pokemon with my children, of course. But, you know, I would say you can count me in for the next three, four, five years for sure. But, you know, once real life stuff comes in, like I'm going to close the book on it, you know, just like everybody else does. You grow up, you have things you want to do with your life. I have an impression I want to leave on the world as far as, you know, with my with my uh, with my job, wanting to be a research scientist yeah, and a conservationist, so. that's something I want to I want to leave my print on the world. Uh, something my great grandmother told me. I'm sure a lot of parents and grandparents have told their kids this, but you want to leave the world a better place than you than you found it, and that's really resonated with me as far as like my love of animals and stuff like that. So, Pokemon definitely holds a big part in my heart, and you'll definitely see me for the next couple of years competing. And who knows, you know my. My success might get so good that there's no reason to stop playing, and maybe exactly. there's some universe where Pokemon makes you know makes more money, and it's like league where you can afford to be a league player yeah. all year long. No, who knows what the future holds? Exactly. But for, for for right now, my my mind's on school, my mind's on Pokemon, and uh, you know I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to ride the high and and uh, trying to do justice and uh, and hopefully keep doing well at Pokemon for sure. That's what's up, dude. I think. You got a good mindset. Um, a lot of a lot of people. You're in school. You have you have goals, which is great, and and you you get a lot of people that get 
in 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 this stuck area of like, what am I gonna do? I'm just playing Pokemon, but it, it seems like you got your shit together. You you got ideas. And... I know it looks like that. It looks like that. But let me tell you, it took me falling on my ass. Hey. You know, a, a lot of people don't know, but uh, I yeah. I've been on I had been on probation. I had been arrested before. Okay. I had a I had a small slip up in my growth. Well, not a small slip up. A pretty big slip <laughs> up in my slip. life. That uh, you know, dropping out of college. You know, getting back into college, I've really had I've gained an appreciation for what life can take away from you, and I've kind of learned that if you want to do good things in this world or in this life, you know, you got to put your best foot forward. You got to be determined. You got to be dedicated. You gotta you gotta put the work in, no matter what you do, whether it's in college or in Pokemon or in anything in life. And it took me being on rock bottom to learn that. So, you know, a lot of other people will have learned that without that. And I'm envious of them. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep trying to put the work in and, you know, I wasn't the same person I was. So I know it sounds like I got it together, but it took a lot of following to start climbing. But that's great. Like it kind of, if you look at your Pokemon career, like you're you're just building. And uh, I think it's great that you have that, um, you start, you start from here and you just slowly make your way and you're finding success. And when I talk to you right now, I, I feel your energy as like, you have a plan. You're, you're, I'm in college. I'm. I'm getting my stuff together, and I mean, it's. I, I really like where your head's at right now, and I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I think a lot of people can take from this this podcast more than a lot of my podcasts, where where you just have the these superstars that are that are living this. I mean, obviously, everyone has their troubles, and and they they get better at the game, but. To, to see you come from playing for so long and doing so well and then hearing that you've had you, your lowest lows and you're building yourself up and you're in school and stuff it's it's a really it's a really good story and I'm, I'm glad to have you here man thanks oh yeah absolutely thanks for having me and like I said it's not it's not something you know I usually share with a lot of people but it's important because you know I can kind of attribute some of my not only my Pokemon success to playing Pokemon but to me, like learning about other things, like learning how to have a stable friendship, learning how to have accountability, responsibility, learning to keep yourself accountable, you know, things that my parents were trying to teach me when I was a kid or my grandparents were trying to teach me that I wasn't picking up because I was just like, I'm going to do what I want. So it's like, I really have a new, and just in this last year or two, just back, you know, last year, like I said, I started college back, like just in this last year or two, I'm really starting to get it, like, this is what you need to do to be good or to do right. This is what you need to do. And if you do that, good things will happen and, and good things are happening. That's what's up, man. Um, before we wrap it up, do you have uh, any shout outs or anything you want to you want to show? Oh, Where absolutely. can people find so, you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I don't have Twitter. I, everyone's telling me to get on Twitter, man. You should get on Twitter. It's like, I'm not a big social media person. Facebook is like already so much for me. Like, right. like I said, I have anxiety, so one of the social media is definitely one of those things, but you might get, you, you might see a Twitter in the, uh, in the near oh, future, but uh, you can find me on Facebook at Hunter Butler. Um, shout out to my team, Cutter Tap, Finn Lynch, uh, Hale Overnight, Carter Barsh, Mike Morton, Joe Sanchez, great group of guys. Go check our, our website at Cutter Tap. We all offer coaching. So through a subscription, you're able to unlock uh, coaching, our uh, testing videos that we post. So we, Sometimes test matchups and post the videos uh, with commentary, and then we have our weekly articles by all of us. I do have an article coming out for the Garchomp and Giratina deck with some Sword and Shield stuff in it, so it's going to be a bit longer. I'm taking a little more more uh, 
time on it. So shout out to them. Shout out to Team Gas, uh, Frank Persick, Luke River Morsa, Tate Whitesell, Kiernan Wagner, Nick Robinson, Lei Bui. They did a good, uh, a, a good amount of work helping us test this deck. Also, they're doing their own thing. Shout out to Celio's Network and PTCG Stats, both really, really good, uh, uh, really good resources, as well as Limitless. Shout out to them. Uh, they're a great group of guys. You should support them for sure. And then uh, shout out to you for having me. And uh, shout out to Pokemon for allowing me to make all my friends and uh, uh, get this money. That's what's up, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, but for now, we're going to scoop it up.